Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. So good morning. This is Karim uh, from Link2, and we're here at the Great Daily House Consensus Coin Dust podcast. We're having a great time today. It's what, blistering hot, 110 degrees out there, and we're uh, on stage in the morning, and now we're indoors, gets, just getting some rest. It's with pleasure I have today with us, Mark, um, Mark Vale? Vile. 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 Mark Vile. Yeah. Uh, with Sigma 2 Ventures. Two Sigma Ventures. Two Sigma Ventures. Yes. I'm getting things wrong here, but it'll keep, make okay. sure you understand it. And we have Blake. Yes. Uh, we have Blake from uh, Commagere. That's French. Uh, it is, yeah. French name. Of Vault Twelve. Yeah. Um, what we do want to cover today um, is the whole Web three environment. You're both investors. You both uh, have made investments and exited several companies and and looked at this environment. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming that the traditional companies you were doing was a B two C or B two B or a SaaS company, as most investors were doing ten years ago. Yeah. We're starting to look at this whole thing of Web three and blockchain. Um, if you would start off with us, um, like, what do you uh, explain to us what actually Web3 means? Right. Um, so I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's become a, a very broad term and uh, I, that encompasses a lot of things. But I think kind of at its core, uh, you know, Web3 is just an, an iteration of uh, a lot of the services we've seen uh, from the, the Web2 world, the, the key differentiator being that uh, there's there's kind of like built-in payment rails, right? And whether that's you know through a token or through an existing coin or, or what have you, um, you know this is this is a very uh, unique uh, aspect of the Web three world, right? Um, you know Web two historically uh, had kind of a, an interesting you know roadmap of let's make something that people like and it's interesting and we'll grow it big and then we'll figure out how in the world do we make money with it right whereas from day one a lot of the web3 projects you know they, they just by its nature of being part of uh you know the the, the series of technologies like blockchain etc it's you know uh funding and payments is, is just baked in from the beginning and, and kind of a given mark I, I i mean i'm i'm a little bit confused um web3 blockchain and payments so if we look at this, oh, by the way, I want to know how you named it two Sigma Ventures and not Sigma Two Ventures. That's sort of a scientific notation, I'm sure. It is. I think it's the 95th percentile. So I, I did not name it. Uh, two Sigma Investments has been around for 20 years. And uh, the founders of that, uh, I guess, named it in 2001. Oh, okay. 95th percentile, which means you're doing the best investment. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're going to help me understand this a little bit better. That was just our title. I'm not allowed to talk about our (laughs) performance. Uh, um, So what came first? Did uh, did we say uh, blockchain came first that allowed us to go to Web 3.0? Or did Web 3.0 come first and allowed us to use blockchain? 
That's an interesting question. That's a good question. Um, I'm going to back it up a little bit. And here's where I think Web3 is, or what interests me about Web3 is it's, it's payments, it's blockchain, it's all that, but it's also the ability to build trust between different groups and different people without actually having middlemen. Uh, the middlemen being Facebook, Google, banks, government, whatever, so that you can actually deal directly with each other and build up communities of trusted people. So <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm a little bit older than everybody else in the room. And I don't have time to build long-term relationships with people. It takes 10 years for me to trust you or to trust you to build a really trusted relationship. And one of the things I find super interesting about Web3 is can we use certain characteristics of the blockchain to build trust between communities so that you know that I am a trusted person that I'm going to pay and that I'm going to listen to your music or I'm going to do whatever we do. And that happens over, you know, that happens over a period of time, but it happens more quickly than it can happen in real life. So which leads me to a pointed question. I I think we've got to make this a little bit interesting, right? So if we look, let's just let's just look at the current public markets today, which has gone through a complete meltdown. And we look yeah. at the crypto markets, which has gone through even a bigger meltdown, right? And then we talk about tokens, we talk about payment rails, we talk about communities. Those are the three things we mentioned today on Web 3.0, right? Blockchain, payments, community, and rails. Um, if we look at the, the FANG companies, whether it's uh, Amazon, Google, and various other companies that are involved in this ecosystem that has always been the intermediary between a consumer and a seller, right? It's, that's what we're talking about. And now what we're saying is that we're building communities that we have direct relationships to. As the, as the markets start to improve, and the hot selling goes away, and the valuations of these companies start to come back, will the valuations of these companies be tempered by the fact that they do not have communities? Or am I missing, or are they missing something? Or will they? I'm, Blake, I'm, Blake, I'm going to have you respond to that first. Right. So I, I think um, long term, th- there's absolutely some. Uh, likelihood of that happening, right? Every every company is kind of burdened by the its legacy of success, right? And it's it's difficult to 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 change and adapt to to the world as it moves. And we've we've seen that with you know wave after wave of technology mm-hmm. companies that you know the, the the top ten technology companies gets recycled every ten years, which is phenomenal uh, uh, behavior. Um, so I think I think long term that's true, um, but the recovery I think of the markets will happen before uh, they really feel that impact, just, just in terms of a, a timeline uh, perspective. Um, now, there is something to be said for, you know, will all of those companies, uh, you know, kind of face uh, kind of the, the, the displacement that their predecessors did? Um, and that's a good question. I don't know. I, I mean, Facebook, uh, Meta, right, was, uh, you know, they certainly tried aggressively to, to move their way into uh, the crypto space. Um, and it, it wasn't for a lack of uh, talent on their part. It wasn't for a lack of, you know, uh, uh, vision or any of that sort of thing. I mean, it was very much so 
you know, uh, uh, the regulatory environment being such that, uh, you know, Congress made it just untenable uh, for them. So I, I, I think, you know, um, you know, historically, you've had uh, the, the, the top tech companies kind of resting on their laurels and paying a hefty price for doing so. But uh, here we're seeing something where, uh, you know, governments are tipping the scale uh, such that uh, companies like Meta that are, that are you know, still forward thinking, uh, remarkably so, given how successful they've been, um, uh, finding themselves, uh, you know, handcuffed such that they can't innovate in the space. Um, well, I don't yeah. know about can't innovate, but Mark, I mean, I know you have a couple of comments to this. Uh, yes. Um, I'm a believer reality matters. And at the end of the day, you know, right now, I believe, well, not I believe, I, I think we're in a pretty difficult environment. And I think that environment can last longer than people believe. Um, there is a lot of pessimism, a lot of negativity out there. And we have a lot of big problems that we need to solve. And it's not just first order problems. It's also, you know, you have a new policy and what are the second or third order uh, derivatives of that? You know, energy policy is one, you know, there's a whole bunch of climate. I, I, everybody has their own list of problems. That all being said, I, this is the time to do your work. At least I'm going to go do my work, interview, go out and meet people and find where are the real opportunities right now. And including in Web3, what's happening out there? I mean, we were just, I was just over at this conference you know, and I lived through 99 and 2000, 2001. A lot of these companies didn't make it. I'm <laughs> guessing at the end of the day, um, some of these companies are not going to make it out there. And so I, I think it's the companies that really have product and that really offer something that people really want is going to be successful here. And if I may, I mean, that's, that's an interesting analogy to look at the, the dot-com bubble. Um, which uh, I did live through as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I know. Uh, uh, you don't uh, look old. That's I, I appreciate that. I'll take that as a compliment. Um, uh, but uh, the blonde hair hides gray. Okay. Uh, just, <laughs> um, but I, I think that's a very interesting analogy on, in, in many ways because we're seeing certainly uh, a large number of uh, uh, kind of remarkable companies were built in, 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 during the, the, the dot-com bubble. And, and I think, you know, if you look at something like, say, Pets.com and Amazon <laughs> during that era, right, you know, um, one of those is, is a punchline of a joke now, right. right? And the other is giving Walmart a run for its money, which is right. a remarkable testament to kind of like you know, the future of commerce. Um, but if you looked at both of those companies in 1995, I mean, I think a lot of, especially, um, you know, retail investors, yeah. right, they didn't have any, you know, they, they weren't particularly knowledgeable, but they looked at these companies and they may have thought, well, Pets.com is selling dog food. It's very heavy and they're doing free shipping and then, you know, they're losing money on every transaction. That's insane. Amazon is doing the same, but with books instead of dog food. Right. And I think, you know, to, to your average retail investor, they may not have really been able to distinguish one of these was, you know, going to become a, you know, legendary success story. And, and the other, you know, we were all going to have a chuckle about. Can, can I just add one more? Yeah, There's please. one group in the middle here, which are companies that, in the 99-2000 period, hit valuations that were very, very high. And those valuations have not been seen again in 20 years. So there's that whole group of companies. They're still in business. They're still around. And they're still great companies. But There were the extremes. And then there were companies that were just way overvalued. Okay. All right. So that is sort of a downer to stop here. That is sort of a downer. 
it's like, okay, you may have invested and you are now seeing uh, your investment drop by 60 or 70% and you may be in the doghouse forever. Right. Some of those companies may not come back. Uh, that's the downer we're stopping this podcast on. But guess what? It gives us the opportunity to meet again and have part two and find the silver lining of companies that we need to explore or technologies that are, are, are um, powering out. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank um, Blake Amazir and Mark Rael for being here today. Uh, from Vault, Mark, Blake from Vault 12, look him up, uh, building some interesting technologies on the back end there. And then Mark with two Sigma partners in 95th percentile and doing some, no, yeah. <laughs> doing some interesting investments there. I would like for you, I'd like your permission to ask now that we'll have part two of this at some point. Absolutely. And talk about the companies and the technologies that, need to get, that we need to be paying attention to. Absolutely. Right? Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank everybody. Thank you for having us. Um, join, us, join us now on a live stream at the Great Daily House as we go live uh, on stage at Consensus Coindesk. Uh, we're out there right now in two minutes. Good. Thank all you right. all. Thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com.